Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you, Scott. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome aboard Must Read Alaska, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is a reader-driven and a listener-driven conservative news project launched in 2015. And next month, we're going to be celebrating our first six years. What do we do? We have a news site at www.mustreadalaska.com. It's all about Alaska for Alaskans, and we intend to keep the mainstream media on their toes. We have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday newsletter with updates and special items you don't read anywhere else, not even on the website. And we have Club MRAC, which is our daily legislative bulletin, and it's for discerning Alaskans. And that I mean those who just kind of want to know what's going on in the legislature. We've also got a YouTube channel and we feature political content there and you can find us on Rumble, which is less likely to censor our conservative content. Sometimes we put things on Rumble that we think are going to get censored on YouTube, especially when it concerns masks and vaccines or things like that. I'm Suzanne Downing and I am really glad to be joined today by Russell Biggs, who is one of the founders of Reclaim Midtown and Recall Rivera. So welcome to the show, Russell. Hey, thanks, Suzanne. Thanks for having me on. And so, you know, what we're about here is really trying to develop better leaders and better policies incrementally. We are not a sort of, we just expect things to happen all at once overnight. But right now we're having something that's kind of happening very suddenly in front of us, which is the election. There's like 15 days left of this Anchorage election. And we've got a mayor's race. We've got four school board members up for grabs there. We've got bonds and borrowing. That means we're gonna build things. And then we have this really wild card situation, which is the recall election of assembly member Felix Rivera. And you're kind of at the center of a lot of this uh, in the in the recall election that I don't know that we've ever actually had one in Anchorage before. So how did all this get started? Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it all started uh, with COVID. Essentially, um, we had a very hard left assembly. Uh, with a couple of exceptions um, motoring along. And I think, you know, a little bit about my background, I am probably one of the typical Anchorage voters that has not really paid a whole lot of attention uh, to the local municipality level um, uh, elections as I should have. Um, you know, the, the, the majority of people that I've talked to and had interactions with during this recall campaign or just like me, they they probably voted. Uh, they they paid a little attention. They didn't really think that it made a whole lot of um, uh, you know difference uh, compared to a presidential election or a governor election. So all of that changed with with COVID, and it and it changed for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, uh, we had the hard left assembly that suddenly were gifted 156 million dollars of CARES Act money. Uh, and then we also had uh, a hard left assembly that decided at that time basically to play their hand um, and implement a lot of very, very progressive, uh, if progressive is the right, right word, um, progressive uh, agendas um, that really took a lot of people by surprise. And, and it, you know, 
I felt like um, the local municipality assembly members basically voted on, you know, whether they should allow another marijuana shop or, you know, there's zoning laws, you know, the bag ban that at the time when the bag ban happened, that was, you know, oh my God, that's a, you know, that's, that's kind of a, a new thing for Anchorage. Um, but then when the money came out, uh, you know, Mayor Berkowitz, um, Felix Rivera, Meg Zalatel, uh, Christopher Constant, um, Austin Quinn Davison, all of those folks really uh, went all in on their agenda. And that's where I got involved. And I got specifically involved when they closed the, the meetings to the public. And it wasn't just that they closed it to the public, it was they, they, they were passing um, some very contentious legislation, the AO66, which was gonna buy four properties, partially with CARES Act funds, um, but partially with the alcohol tax money. And one of those properties was very close to my, my neighborhood. Uh, and to give you a little bit of background about myself, uh, my wife and I have uh, supported the Downtown Hope Center for years. Uh, we've, all of our kids have uh, volunteered there. My wife volunteers there four days a week. Um, you know, so we've, we've been involved with the homeless um, in, in Anchorage for a long time. And uh, when, when the assembly started this plan, we found out about that several months before it became common knowledge, just because of the, the background that we had uh, with supporting um, the Hope Center. Um, and at the time, I, I, I was surprised that they were, they were gonna be buying this private property, uh, the Golden Lion, um, again, with the CARES, CARES Act money was not being go, going towards that, but uh, it was included in this package. Um, and also in, in part of that package was uh, what was called AO58, which was basically the um, the rezoning to allow that to happen legally. Um, and again, to lay some fra some framework on this, uh, transient shelters in Anchorage can only be placed in PLI zoned um, properties currently. What's so what that? What's a what's a PLI zone? So that's considered a public uh, park, uh, public lands, institutions. Um, and if you look at Title 21, you know, and Title 21 is the, you know, years long process um, that's driven the development of private property and, and business property and public property in Anchorage for years. It's, you know, hundreds of people have worked with the zoning, with the administration and with the assembly to have this, this plan. And essentially the assembly was gonna, uh, by, by a, a broad stroke, completely eliminate the public process in that. They were, gonna, they were gonna buy these properties, completely ignoring and rewriting Title 21, you know, which hundreds of people have been involved in, um, to, to put these properties, these private properties, to make them into transient shelters. And when, when we found out about that, uh, I emailed both of my uh, representatives and I said, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm hearing some rumors about something that might be happening that's going to affect our neighborhoods. That's that's basically completely disregarding any public input. <laughs> you know, it's going to go it's going to go to the assembly and they're going to vote on it. And I got a reply back that basically said, oh, well, there's no plan. You know, we don't know any anything that will, for sure that's going to happen with all this. And you know, fast forward a year later, I know that that was all a lie. And, and um, I know that because during this process, we were able to track down the realtor that was involved in the sale of the Golden Lion, which actually started four years ago. That process okay, started so, over four years ago. So that's the Golden Lion Hotel, which is close to 
it's close to the Geneva Woods neighborhood, also College Village. Correct. Yeah. And it's, right it's also right, right across the street. Yeah. For that. Mm -hmm. So, so, so that was just one of the properties. The other one was the um, the uh, heavily damaged uh, earthquake damaged um, uh, Alaska Club on Tudor. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple other properties as well. But uh, you know that basically started. Um, a big neighborhood involvement um, with people like myself that said, you know, hey, we we really feel like we ought to have a say in this, you know, uh, and it's not, everybody kind of points back and says, oh, this is an NIMBY issue. It's not an NIMBY issue because we've been involved with the, with the homeless for years, but we had some uh, grave concerns about the way the assembly was basically ignoring the Title 21 process and putting these transit shelters in places that were going to directly affect residential neighborhoods, you know, and you can argue about whether or not that's a good thing or, or bad, but uh, a year later now, uh, one of the things that the assembly has touted and it's been in the Anchorage press is that the big success with the Sullivan arena was the fact that all of these uh, services were centralized. That's something that's been uh, repeated several different times. And that that was not going to be the case with with breaking these um, these properties up and buying them with the CARES Act money. So as that started, um, we 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 mobilized as a neighborhood and we started to go to the assembly meetings. And that was when you know these five days of um, public testimony occurred, and where you got to, where it was the basically the seedling for some of the um, involvement that you see now a year later, which. Uh, you know, it's been very contentious. And the reason it was, and it is contentious and was contentious is because a lot of people had their eyes opened to the fact that this, again, progressive, very hard left assembly had already made their mind up. And this was all, I think I mentioned before, Kabuki theater. Uh, this was this was a Jedi mind trick or whatever you want to call it. They, the, the minds were made up. Um, we know based on our public records uh, requests that that they they viewed all of the you know not all but most of the assembly members just viewed this as a nuisance that the public were showing up and and they had to listen to them so that yes, was and, and and that was interesting because when the public started showing up they started seeing other things that the assembly was doing as well and it, oh, yeah. it wasn't just this it was like what you you wait what you're doing this you're doing that and the public was really starting to get their eyes open about just how radical this assembly actually is Right, exactly. And that's, and, that, and I think that's, that was the big aha moment for, again, for a lot of people like myself that, you know, have voted and I've never, you know, been actively involved in any kind of election process, um, never ran for office, anything like that. And there were a lot of people just like me that suddenly said, hey, you know, this isn't right on multiple levels, um, not just the, the CARES Act thing, but all the other stuff that was going on. Um, again, because the, I think the, the assembly members, they went full in, they put all their chips in and they were going to do it regardless of what the public process um, should have been. And the way they did that was by uh, using COVID as an excuse to close the chambers. And that was, that was where um, specifically I said, I am going to try to recall my two representatives because I felt that by, by doing that, um, and I sent him an I sent him an email and said, "Look, you know, the the most basic part of governance is uh, is participation by the governed." And I said, "The fact that you have closed the chain, you've got this massive room, this huge room, 
Um, and, and you're closing the entire room to the public and you're using COVID as an excuse because it's somehow it's too dangerous to have somebody 40 feet away from you, just one person as a, as a you know, uh, just a symbol saying, hey, look, you know, the public process is really important. We get it. Uh, we, we want, we want you to have, be involved. And so, you know, we, but we also, we, we understand that COVID is dangerous. We don't know how dangerous it is yet, but we, we think it's really dangerous. And so we're going to let people, at least one person come in here as a symbol and, and, uh, and give their thoughts, you know, but they, but, they, but, but they did let somebody in, didn't they? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's where I was going with that. They, they let the people that wanted to give positive testimony to their plan. That was the right. only people they let in. Right. You know? And, uh, and, and that, then that was the exact moment I said, I said, this is a total scam. Like this whole process is is completely a scam that the fact that i mean they're clearly not scared enough about covid if they're going to let people that want to testify like mike abbott mental health trust who came right. in and said, look you know uh i and also gave pretty misleading testimony in my opinion because he he uh he he told the assembly that oh you know we've got some property that we could put these transient shelters on that are, that's already zoned for pli so it already met the the um the uh, criteria, but he didn't say that they actually had over a hundred acres of property. Some of it directly next to the facilities where homeless people would need to get uh, services. So like down by the, uh, you know, the, the, the med center basically. So at that point I said, you know, I have to get involved in this and, um, and, and I did. And so initially, um, well, well, let's just sorry. stop there for just a second, because that that's interesting because you you weren't part of the people protesting outside, really. I mean, there were a lot of people protesting outside, but I don't ever recall seeing you there. I mean, you were working um, with them, trying to work with the assembly, trying to, to catch their attention and say, hey, you know, course correction here, you're doing the wrong thing. And but that didn't work. But you there, but while they were shutting down the assembly, there were hundreds of people outside week after week after week. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I watched, uh, I watched a lot of the meetings um, online and I was, I was watching the night, you know, where people were banging on the door, five, probably 500 people outside the door, you know, saying, let us in, let us in. And, uh, you know, Suzanne LaFrance saying, are they rioting when people oh, were honking their horns? Um, you know, and so all that was happening and, and, and that was the reason it was happening because there was a lot of people that felt just like me that, they were using the they were they were violating the Open Meetings Act by closing the chambers and then they were allowing people to come in just to give positive testimony when it was convenient to them. So that that was the initial process. And so at that point, we tried we wrote a, um, a recall application for Megzalatel uh, that basically uh, you know defined what we felt was a violation of the Open Meetings Act. Um, and that actually is still in superior court. We're probably going to have an uh, answer on that in a couple of months, if less. Yeah, I forgot about that one. That one just ended up in superior court and it just, it just died. What happened? Yeah, so that's, again, part of, and I, I, I can, <laughs> I know this isn't must rant Alaska, but I'm going to rant here a little bit. Because, oh, we, we, yeah. we rant, trust me, we rant here. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the recall process is so unfair to citizens. And I can I can give you multiple examples, but here's the, one of the examples, right? So the 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 muni attorney is the gatekeeper for the recalls, 
And so we went and we wrote up a recall application that said, hey, we believe that the, for multiple reasons that the, um, the assembly and Megzalotel being my representative is the only one that I can bring a recall against. But I said that I felt like that, that they were violating the Open Meetings Act and uh, the muni attorney uh, rejected that application. And so as a private citizen, once it's rejected, the only recourse that you have is now to sue. And, you know, as you know, that's really expensive. And so it's a very expensive, a very long drawn out process. We're almost a year. Uh, it's going to be a, a, almost a year by the time the um, this actually gets heard by the court. And then, you know, you can do the math. It takes a couple of months to, to get these signatures and then it got it has to go to the ballot. So potentially uh, a politician, a municipal politician in Anchorage could do the most heinous act. And if the muni attorney rejects the application for whatever reason, legal sufficiency or, um, or factual sufficiency, you're easily looking at a year to year and a half before that person could be actually recalled for valid reasons, you know, which I, 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 I believe that the violation of the Open Meetings Act is very valid. And I think we're gonna win that in court, but we're still having to spend a ton of money and wait a, a long time, you know, and in the process, the process of that wait, um, I feel like that they're continuing to, uh, you know, push this agenda because it, again, wh why not? Why wouldn't you? There's no, there's no, um, there's no, uh, uh, there's no valve that you can turn and, and turn these guys off. These guys are, are, they're committed. I will say that they're committed yeah. to their hard line. I mean, it didn't start just stop with the, with the bag ban, but it was so funny that how that uh, bag ban was such an important thing to them, but by golly, as soon as it looked like it might be a problem. Boy, they, they took that one out. Nobody ever complains about that one now, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, it, when you think about the reasons people um, go astray, and you know, to kind of be a little philosophical about this, uh, being an ad agenda-driven politician will really get you down a rabbit hole, uh, like very quickly. And I think, again, I don't, I don't hold any ill will to any of these people. Uh, that are, are, you know, being an elected official is a tough job and you've got to answer to a lot of different people. And so I, I don't, I don't hold ill will to those folks, but I do believe that people that are, that are following an agenda and that are so tone deaf to the people that they represent, particularly in this case, the constituency of Midtown, you know, uh, if you're not going to listen to the people that elected you because you're so tied into an agenda, you really don't have any reason uh, or, or, uh, you should not be in, involved in, in leading those people. Um, yeah. that's, that's the way I feel about it. And that's kind of what, and that's where we're at right now. So the, um, the recall of Rivera, uh, basically the event that that occurred uh, was about two weeks after um, uh, the July meeting, I believe when they closed the chambers completely. Right. And, and that was when, um, again, they let, they, well, actually, let me back up just a little bit. They closed the, the chambers completely and there was a massive outcry. The people that were banging on the doors that got their attention. Uh, and so uh, I don't know who brought it, if it was Jamie Allard or if it was Crystal Kennedy that actually brought it up again and said, hey, look, can we at least let one person in here as a, as a symbol? And that very point was being debated. And during that time, the sitting assembly member said, hey, you know, actually we're violating, well, there's too many people in here right now. We're already violating this. Right. So at that point, 
the right thing to do would have been to stop the meeting and go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 16, 17. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's too many people in here. We're going to be, we're going to set the right example. We messed up. We're going to get these people out of here. We're going to do the right thing. And then we'll restart the meeting. That's all it would have taken. Like but literally. They all, but they always knew. They always yeah. knew it was just, if it was just Kabuki theater, they always knew it. Yeah. And so Felix Rivera just kind of nodded his head. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And he said, yeah, we're, we're, we're going ahead. And yeah. that was, that became the basis for this recall is that yeah. there was an emergency order and the emergency order said foolishly, no more than 15 people can gather any place. And of course he was having the number of people that he wanted in that assembly chamber and excluding the people that he didn't want. Right. That's, that's exactly what it was. And, and, you know, here is a group of people that are, that are, they're, they're, they're closing down hundreds of Anchorage businesses. They're shutting people's businesses. They're ruining people's financial uh, lives. Uh, and, and the, the, the economics of that are going to be felt for years. You know, all these businesses are shutting down and, and they're using COVID appropriately saying COVID is a, a dangerous disease. We don't know how dangerous it is yet, but we're going to treat this seriously. Uh, and, 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 and in order to do that, we need to now shut, which again, I disagree that you need to shut that entire room down. I think that obviously was agenda driven, but even after that, after that happened and, and, and you've shut all these businesses down and you can't be bothered for 30 seconds to set the right example that that two or 300 people on YouTube are watching, maybe even more, I mean, probably thousands by the time it was all said and done, you can't mm -hmm. be bothered to actually enforce the law that you're asking and telling and fining $300 tickets for people that are breaking that law. You can't be, you can't be bothered to, to enforce that. And that's the reason Felix Rivera needs to be recalled. You can, there's plenty of other reasons, but that specific thing is what made it onto the ballot. And you can argue about all the other stuff. It actually is not an argument. I mean, they diverted probably close to $50 million worth of CARES funds to places that should not have been, uh, that, that money should not have gone to. Uh, you know, that's a lot more of a, uh, I think a lot of people understand that argument better than the, the other one, which the, yes. the, the mainstream media has kind of spun it as like, oh, well, you know, this is stupid because there's only 17 people in the room. Well, again, it's not about the number of people. It's the fact that it was brought up and they said, hey, by the assembly, hey, we're violating the law. And and they just completely ignored it. That's Felix, that was the Fe original sin, I think, you know. Right. Yeah. And Felix was the is and is the assembly chair yeah. Uh, yeah. for that meeting. And so and well, Meg Zalatel, too, she she has served as assembly chair for some meetings, acting acting chair as well. Well, that that is really that is interesting. And so basically you have. Um, you know, you you filed this. The city, uh, the city actually did not fight you on it, but Felix Rivera did. He and his his um, surrogates took it to court right. and tried to prevent you from recalling him by getting a court order to to say this was uh, a sort of a nuisance recall of some sort. Right. Yeah. So that happened once it got on. Um, once it made it through the. Uh through the, the Muni attorney, which by the way, actually changed the language. They, that's another part of this that's, again, I think patently unfair that they can actually change your mm -hmm. recall language. And they've done that twice. Um, they did it with the Zalatel uh, application and, and then they, they did it with the Rivera application. So they kind of neutered some of the, um, the language in the recall. So it's not as strong as it would have been. 
So that's one thing. But regardless of that, once we, once it was accepted on the ballot, we started the um, the the uh, signature gathering, which um, you know that was in the middle of COVID. It was in the middle of winter. We had to gather uh, 2,735 signatures. But really, that means you have to gather about 4,000 signatures. Um, and we did, and we got, we, and it was very difficult. And we were able to get actually uh, 4,999 signatures on on the sheets. And we submitted it to the clerk and they said, okay, it's, uh, you know, you've got enough signatures for this to go. And so immediately, mm -hmm. uh, Peter uh, Muse and Felix and Meg Zalatel and LV Great Jackson and Andy Josephson, they had this big Zoom fundraiser because now they were going to sue the, you know, to basically silence the, the will of 4,999 people in Midtown that had done the work and were following the law. Now they were going to block it via court. And that, again, is a, a kind of, a, of another indicator of how unfair this process is. So now we had to fight two lawsuits um, to get this um, basically on the ballot. And so, you know, if we had lost that suit, uh, that would have been it. I mean, we would have had to take it to the Supreme Court if we, if we had the funds to do that, but this is all completely grassroots process. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't, we don't have the, the union backing. We don't have the nonprofits, um, backing us like Rivera does. And so it, I think well, in the words of our former mayor, you're actually AstroTurf. You're not really right, right, exactly. you're AstroTurf. <laughs> so, so most people in Anchorage and most people in Alaska, I've got, we've got listeners all over Alaska, but this is a, a this is good lessons for people in other, in other places where their assemblies have been taken over. And I remember way back in the seventies when a bunch of, um, radicals came up from, uh, down south and they took over the the democrat party and they became it, the democrat party up here became very radical in the 70s and has been to this day but um but in terms of where this goes so it, it it goes to the ballot and that's what people people have the ballot in in their hands now only most of us aren't seeing any activity because this is a pretty small group of people that actually get to vote on this there's a, about a, about 14,000 people in that district how many are in there uh, I think that's probably close. Yeah. I mean, in the last election, only, um, I think it was less than 10,000 people actually even voted. So, or maybe it was around 10,000 people that voted. So it actually may be closer to 50,000 actually, Suzanne, I think. Um, so, so um, it's a, it's a 50 plus one, right? Yeah. And, and so you are still, I presume, working to get out the word in that specific district, but the rest of us aren't going to see that because we're not in that district. Correct. Yeah. And, and the, so you're doing tar you're doing targeted mailings or you're doing door knocking or. Yeah. So we're, we're doing targeted mailings and we, we identified the people that I felt like that were um, the swing voters on this. And then the last election, the conservative candidate um, running against Felix Rivera lost by about less than 200 votes. Okay. So, so it's very, you know, it's probably a relatively balanced, um, a balanced district, I hope. Uh, but, but, you know, again, getting the word out and, and ha making sure people understand, because if, if this is not enough to motivate people, I don't, I don't really know what is, you know, I mean, it, it, this is like, the reason it's so important is because like, really, this is the, the battle of liberty. I mean, I hate to sound dramatic, but, but actually being able to have the ability to be involved in your assembly meetings 
and and having people run roughshod over your rights as an Anchorage citizen and Alaska voter is super important. I mean, it doesn't get any more important than that. But it's hard to you know to project that onto people and make them understand because again, they probably don't on a day to day life they don't they don't really see how that's going to affect them. And and by by uh, projection again, you know, this particular recall will have. I believe massive effects on the next round of uh, elections in Anchorage as well. And again, just like the mayor, it's it's almost a referendum about what's what's happening. Uh, oh, very good, very good point. So, for those who are just tuning in, this is Russell Biggs speaking to us here at Must Read Alaska, and I'm Suzanne Downing, and we were talking about the the case of the recalling of Felix Rivera, who is the Assembly Chair um, here in Anchorage, Alaska, and Russell Biggs is part of the group that probably really the founder of the group and the leader of the of the movement to um, recall the assembly chair. A little bit historic here, but I noticed, Russell, that, uh, that the ballot really allowed him a lot of leeway to defend himself. He went on and on in 200 words, went like 200 words plus four, I think is what I actually saw. But he, he defended himself as being a really great representative for Anchorage and all the wonderful things that he's done. And none of the things that he talked about in his in his ballot statement really addressed the core issue. I thought it was pretty funny to see how he yeah. used his words. Yeah, well, because he couldn't because it was on video. I mean, it, it, there's no there's no denying what happened. It was on video that, you know, they say, oh, it wasn't proven. Yeah, it was. It was it, it would have never you know, there's two parts to the recall process, the factual and the uh, legal sufficiency. And we met both of those. The, the city agreed. The video agreed. There's no doubt what happened. What, what the doubt is, is whether voters will understand that an assembly member that is willing to lock you out of the meeting in order to pass their agenda, uh, except for the people that, you know, agree with them, um, that those people need to stay in power, basically. And I don't think, uh, I don't think most people, at least in, in the way I grew up, don't agree that's democracy. Um, now, are but, you guys doing a ballot chase like you are? Uh, well, I don't want to hear all your inside intel on how you're doing your campaign to get the ballots in, but um, but the ballots have to be postmarked by April 6th, and that's in 15 days from now. So we are down to the the end of this campaign. Um, are you are you? Do you have a list of people? You're making sure that everybody who signed that uh, recall petition that they're getting their ballots in, and are are you making? Are you going back to the list as it as it's published every day to to see who's voted and how many votes you have in what kind of a operation well, do you have going on we're not doing that uh, we don't we don't have the manpower to do that or the, or the uh, probably the finances either but we did identify um with the help of a um a, a group the the swing voters you know basically um, uh, pretty sophisticated uh, um, mapping based on voter history and things like that. And so we're trying to find, uh, based on our polling, that group of people that are uh, that will respond to the message, uh, not just the part that we've talked about, but also the fact that, um, you know, that they diverted all this money to buy the properties uh, that should have gone to uh, Anchorage businesses that were failing, um, that, uh, you know, Felix Rivera tried to funnel money uh, to a Democrat-only um, job program, uh, the fact that they spent all this money basically to, uh, to build bike trails, which I'm a big fan of bike trails, but the, the CARES Act money should not have been used for that. At least I don't think so. And then we did, uh, we did a little research on that. We discovered that 
a couple of people. They hired a few people. It was like six mm-hmm. people and very many people. But like a pretty good number of the people they hired were actually people from out of state who had just right. kind of come up to work for the summer. And then yeah. they went back down to work in, uh, they had to run ski lifts and stuff in Colorado in the winter. They just were just thrilled to be able to come up here. And it's, they weren't able to wait tables like they thought they would be able to do. But that was no worries. They got this great trails building job. And yeah. so they saved all their money and then they headed down south. It wasn't a job training program. That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. But I got to tell you, Representative Zach Field sold it to the assembly. And with the support of the unions, my goodness, they sure did get going on some of those trails. And and maybe we'll enjoy them in the future if we have anybody left here to enjoy them. (laughs) Well, half a million dollars to build trails. I hope somebody enjoys them. I mean, you know, it's it's the same thing with the... uh with the $127,000 big screen TVs, you know, they buy, they buy six big screen TVs, which, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, we, we were people like myself and, and our, my neighbors, you know, shaking our head at the amount of money that is being outlaid uh, that should have gone, you know, we're in the meantime, you know, they're giving out $200 uh, gift cards. If you're lucky, you got a $200 gift card to get to buy diapers or, or groceries. Meanwhile, shoveling money out to these other, um, you know, beak wedding union programs or wherever the money was going for the private properties. And and unfortunately, people don't understand. I don't think most people understand that that the amount of money that those properties will eventually require for upkeep is astronomical. It is it is it is it is basically any economy of scale that you would have. You know, for the like the Sullivan Arena is a good example. That's a million dollars a month. They're spending a million dollars a month to take care of 400 people currently, mm-hmm. plus the mm-hmm. plus the the, um, the other money that goes to the private hotels that you know Mark Vegas owns one of those, mm-hmm. uh, $120 a night uh, or yep. sorry, $55 a night for the for uh, a hotel room there, plus the security uh, to 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 take care of those buildings. So all of the economy of scale that you would get for a million million dollars a month at the Sullivan Arena, it's now gonna go out the window and you've gonna, you're gonna divide that by three or four more properties and you're building this industrial homeless complex. People talk about that and it's, it's, that's a real thing. I mean, that's really happening. And I know based on the, uh, you know, the work that we've done with the Downtown Hope Center, they can feed somebody for about 88 cents. So mm-hmm. you can come in as a, a homeless person uh, and you can get a sandwich and a soup for 88 cents, they do great work. They've got mm-hmm. um, they've got a jobs program for the the uh, the women's shelter. You know, they have women that stay overnight. They teach them how to be uh, pastry chefs. It's a it's a wonderful program, and I can't recommend it enough. If you're looking for a place that you want to donate money that actually is going to help the homeless population, that's the one to do it because they are they're they're providing people um, a place. Uh, of refuge and then they teach them how to you know to go out into the community and have a job Mm -hmm. Um, so so 88 cents to feed someone there versus the muni uh programs which is about five dollars a meal so you know again there's this massive uh outlay of money that's going to be multiplied times three to four more properties uh, that somebody needs to be paying attention to, you know, that that's where the, the CARES Act funds all this money that's going out the door that appears to not really have been audited much at all, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Rivera's ads, uh, yeah. 
one of the things in his ads that, that he that, that they're put out on the uh, on Facebook was something I, th I think it said you know look at our history of we we spent sixty one million dollars for these funds that done all these good things and I'm like well where'd the other hundred or ninety million dollars go you know where, yeah, <laughs> why are you talking yeah. about just the sixty why aren't you talking about the hundred fifty six million like what what happened to the rest of that money and that's again. Yeah what this is about too. That's a don't ask, don't tell situation. Well, we really, really appreciate having you on the show today. And boy, that that half hour went by so fast. It just blew my mind. And you've, you've got a, a wealth of information for people, but you have a website. Is that correct? Yeah, it's um, uh, recallrivera.org, recallrivera.org.com. And uh, we're on Facebook uh, under Reclaim Midtown. Okay, Reclaim Midtown. I always get that mixed up with Reclaim Anchorage, but Reclaim Midtown it is. And yeah. I, I appreciate this conversation. It's been fascinating and I enjoyed it so much. And I noticed that uh, we're using the Zoom, the Zoom application to do this broadcast today, folks. And I noticed that he's out in the wilderness somewhere because uh, he's kind of a wilderness guy. And I can see out the window, he's in the middle of nowhere, but I'm in somewhere in Alaska. And before you go, uh, please sign up for the Must Read Alaska newsletter, everybody. You get a ton of great information. And, and go to the website, mustreadalaska.com. Find out more from, Rus from Russell and his group at Reclaim Midtown, uh, Reclaim Midtown on Facebook and recallrivera.org on the web. And be sure to tune in for the midweek Must Read Alaska podcast, which is usually up by Thursday morning, right, Scott? And Scott is doing a great job uh, uh, hosting that show by himself on Wednesday evenings. And you'll find out if you listen to that last week's show, why I donated $5 to the Forrest Dunbar campaign. It's not what you think it is, folks. Go listen to that show. If you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska, thank you so much. It makes it all possible for us to stand up for what's right in Alaska. And if you want to support the conservative side of the news, the donate button is on the right side of mustreadalaska.com. And that allows us to stay strong, independent, thoughtful against that big blue wave of liberal activist news media. Anyway, till next time, folks, we're signing off from somewhere in Alaska.